There are many resolutions that we tend to make as we enter the new year. And when it comes to friendship, we might commit to making more time for friends or making new friends altogether. But what about making things right with friends? If there's any friend in your life to whom you owe an apology, I encourage you to listen carefully to today's episode of the Friend Forward Podcast, because I want you to be able to enter this new chapter with a clean slate and a clear conscience and possible reconnection. Just a note, today's episode features audio from our most recent YouTube video. So to watch this episode, I encourage you to visit us there by searching my full name, Danielle Byer-Jackson. All right, see you over there. Welcome to the Friend Forward Podcast, powered by BetterFemaleFriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. Let's talk about how to apologize to a friend. And before you run, let me let me explain something and make something very clear. I don't know if you've noticed, but like all over social media, the way things are titled, certain videos, the videos that go viral are anything that put us, the viewer, in the position of a victim. So for example, if I had titled this video, what to do when a friend won't apologize to you, it would probably perform a lot better. Because we like to see ourselves as people who have been wronged and what to do to correct that, right? But I know that the people I'm talking to here, the women who are watching right now, we can own our stuff. And we know that sometimes we disappoint our friends. But the question becomes, how do we recover? Now, if you are currently in a season where you have been wronged by a friend, I think you can take this information, invert it, and you'll know what it is you're looking for if you're seeking some kind of closure. But for now, let's take some ownership and figure out what do we say? What do we do when we're trying to make things right? And tensions are high. So if you're already fearful, you're cringing, you have a bead of sweat breaking out as you think about apologizing, first, let me validate you. It is uncomfortable. It is hard. And it is scary. Why? Well, because for some of us, it feels like a personal attack. When a friend comes to us and tells us, hey, you're not doing this and that, and I feel like it was messed up, you wronged me in some kind of way, our first thought for some of us is to be defensive because we feel like a person is telling us we're less than, that we fell short in some kind of way, or we're hearing the message, you're not enough. And so naturally, we kind of, you know, buck up to that because we want to defend ourselves and our brain is working to keep us whole. And so it defends. No, you're okay. She doesn't know what she's talking about, right? But to take that moment to absorb what she's saying would be really important. So it's difficult for that reason. It feels like an attack. It can also feel uncomfortable because some of us fear that it's the beginning of the end. Like as soon as we have an issue and there's tension, we start to think like, oh, here we go. It's not as perfect as I thought. And this friction must be evidence that we weren't meant to be friends. And we get uncomfortable with the fact that this friendship is about to prove less than perfect. And so instead of giving an apology, for some of us, we just accept the terms and conditions and we're like, all right, I'm out. And for the rest of us, giving an apology simply feels hard because we feel like we live in a world where we have to apologize enough, especially as women. I'm sorry for not being good enough. I'm sorry I bumped into you. I'm sorry. And so for some of us, it's like, you know what? No, I'm not saying sorry here. But some of us are misdiagnosing moments where we need to be reconnecting through being humble and offering an apology. So here's a tip to get it done. An apology should accomplish two things. It makes the other person feel like you get it and you care. One appeals to their mind, the other to their heart. 
So if they tell you, I feel like what you did was messed up or that was not okay, or I feel attacked, bah, 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 bah. your goal is to help her understand, I get where you're coming from. Okay, I understand. And then also like, and I care about you very much. And because of that, like, I want to make this right. Because essentially that's all she's looking for to begin with, right? Think about a time you were wronged. You don't feel settled until you feel like, okay, I'm confident she gets it and she cares. So those are your two guiding questions. How can I make her know I understand? How can I make her know that I care? So instead of giving you tips on how to construct it, which we will in just a second, can I start by giving you examples of what not to do? Some of us know it intuitively because we've gotten apologies that were less than effective. I'm about to tell you exactly why. So let me give you some examples. And if you want to learn more about this, by the way, I learned a lot about the art of crafting a good apology from a psychologist known as Dr. Harriet Lerner. Some of you might be familiar, but she has a lot of work on this where I have derived some of my understanding. So if you want to go into this further, I definitely recommend that you look up her stuff. So let's talk about a couple examples of what not to do. And then we'll talk about how to construct an effective apology so some of us can get out here and and save our friendships and get it together, okay? So the first kind of apologizer you don't want to be is the over-apologizer. You know this as the person who does too much in their apology. And you might think to yourself right now, Danielle, is it ever possible to do too much? Yes. Now, let's say a person tells you, hey, it was messed up when you did yada, yada, yada. If you respond with something like this, Oh my gosh, you're so right. You know what? I'm the worst. No, no, no. I, I'm the worst. I can't believe I did. I'm so stupid sometimes, God. And then some of you even starting to cry. Okay, now I'm not saying don't give into your emotions, do what you do. But if we're crying and we're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, I shouldn't have done that to you. And we're doing too much. What happens? And again, I learned this from Dr. Lerner. What happens is you have now hijacked the moment and they are left to console you. I'm going to digress for a moment. A lot of people of color, we know this feeling very well when expressing to a person who is not of color a wrong and they hijack this moment and you feel like, okay, well now I'm apologizing to you and I was trying to call you out for a microaggression and explain to you how that was hurtful. I now feel like I'm consoling you, right? The moment is turned to you, okay? I know some of you are like, Tina, why'd you take it there? But it's because some of us know that feeling very well, right? Well, I need you to apply it here to a platonic context. If you over-apologize and you are very theatrical, it might make the person feel like she just made this about her. Try your best to make sure your apology, the tone, the intensity is congruent with the situation, okay? The second thing you want to avoid doing is being the under-apologizer. So if we have a friend who has said, hey, I feel like you've grieved me in these ways, and we say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) She's going to feel like you don't understand and you don't care. We have to find a way to express an understanding of the magnitude of the offense. If they're telling you, hey, something happened and it's a level seven and you meet them with the energy of a level two, they're probably never going to feel settled because it feels like, again, you don't understand, you don't get it, the severity of the offense. And also, man, do you even care about me that you're not matching the same energy? The third kind of apologizer you want to avoid being is the silencer. This is the person who offers an apology because they want you to shut up, okay? Now, some of us, we've experienced this in a romantic context. Ladies, let's say you're talking to a guy, you're telling him, hey, this was not okay. And he's like, oh my God, okay, I'm sorry, God, (laughs) okay? Or I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry, there, right? The person who's uncomfortable being in the hot seat, I don't like feeling judged, I don't like feeling wrong, and I don't like hearing you lecture me. So if it's going to make it stop, then hear. Here's an I'm sorry. But the problem with that is the purpose of that apology is to silence instead of to heal and to reassure, I care about you and I understand. 
And finally, the kind of apology you're going to want to avoid is the justifying apology. The one that's laced with all these excuses, examples, explanations of why you did what you did. So for some of us, and we know because you've received a crappy apology like this. I know I'm not the only one, but you've received one where somebody is like, yeah, listen, I'm sorry. I raised my voice like that. That wasn't okay. But I will tell you the way that you came at me. I mean, what do you expect? But Okay. And start to tell you all the reasons why they chose to wrong you essentially. Right. Yes. There's room for explaining context of why maybe you did what you did. But if that person never gets to a point where they believe again, she understands, she gets it and she cares about me, then we're missing the mark. The purpose of an apology, according to Dr. Harriet Lerner, is to show the injured party that you care. If you're doing anything else, you have missed the mark. Does it take some humility and discomfort? Yes, it does. But here's what I don't think we get, and I'm talking to myself too, because I was recently in a situation that required this knowledge. I think what we miss is we think connection is about the high moments. Oh, you know, if I gift my friend something, a little something on Venmo, or if I send her a card, or if I send her a text, I'm doing all these things to show we're connected. That's all sweet. And those are very lovely gestures. I think we're missing an opportunity for connection during moments of disconnection. If you tell me I've wronged you as a friend and I genuinely listen to you, identify the parts I can take ownership over, express to you genuinely that I really care and I'm sorry about that. There's something about you that has maybe more respect, affection for me afterwards because I demonstrated I care and that I have the capacity to own my stuff. So even though it feels counterintuitive, like in a moment of conflict, we can be closer than before, it's an opportunity for connection to say, I see you and I care. So here are the three parts that should be a part of your apology. Now, I will cover this in more detail in my upcoming book, tentatively titled Fighting for Our Friendships out in spring 2024. But for now, I want to give you a couple parts that I learned from a public relations expert, specifically in the area of crisis PR, Molly McPherson. If you're not already following her on TikTok, I advise you to do so. But she does such a great job of explaining the necessary parts of an apology. Now, she does it for brands and companies, but she helped me understand when I interviewed her for my book that at the heart of it, it's the same process for apologizing to people as well, right? So here are the different parts that need to be involved in your apology. The first is you need to listen thoroughly. We're letting her know with our body, with our silence, right, that I'm hearing you. I'm not going to jump in to assume like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Or like, wait, hold on a second. Correcting every little detail of what she shares of how we wronged her is frivolous. We're listening until it looks like that person has got it out and they reach a point of like, I've said it all. Because once they get there, we've already satisfied a part of them wondering if we care because I'm listening. So I'm establishing that part, right? I'm reassuring you there. Once we do, we want to own the parts that are in our control. So instead of saying like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for all of that. If there's some part to that that you feel like, actually, I didn't do, it's okay to only acknowledge the stuff that you take ownership for. So to say like, hey, I, you know, still stand by, you know, the heart of what I said. I don't agree with that, but I hate that I said it to you that way. I hate that I said anything that made you feel like I I was dismissive and I'm sorry for that. Okay. That's how we would kind of go about that. Own what was in your control. And then when you end this apology, a way for it to really hit home is to express what's going to be different moving forward because people like to know that this isn't going to happen again. So to tell them, you know what, next time this happens, I'm going to make sure that I X, Y, Z. Now they can breathe a sigh of relief. 
okay, she gets it and she's committed to making sure that I never feel this way moving forward. But if we say, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. That's a part of it. It really helps to land things when we can assure them, here's my plan moving forward of how I'll ensure that this doesn't reoccur. Now, a little bonus tip for you, and I got this from Molly McPherson, is to sometimes state your values. So I'm not just talking about the big stuff, even for little things. Like if you're late showing up to a gathering for like the third time, instead of just walking in and being like, okay, I'm here, right? We want to establish our values and talk about how our behavior was in contradiction to it. So for example, if I'm late with a friend, I'll say to her like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I hate when people are late with me. I'm normally not late, but I just had so much going on today and I'm sorry. I'm letting you know this is not normal for me. I don't believe in the thing that I did and I'm going to do the best that I can moving forward to make sure that that doesn't reoccur. So for each situation, I want you to figure out your wording, your scripting and the details. But if you find yourself stirred up when a friend confronts you, may I ask that you take a deep breath and ask yourself, is this an opportunity to reconnect with my friend? And if so, will I miss the moment if I become so set on protecting my ego and arguing the details? Because a lot of friendships are ending prematurely because we can't get over this part. I hope that if you're in a situation right now where you can honestly say to yourself, I do think I owe a friend's an apology and I either want to make things right and reconcile or at least want to clear my conscience. I hope that you go with that feeling and I hope that when you have that conversation, things go well and in the ideal situation, you all are able to reconcile. That is my hope for you. All right, ladies, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen carefully. I want you to think about someone you might owe an apology to and then consider the pros and cons of extending that apology. I know this sounds like a very pedestrian exercise, but stick with me here. If after making that list, you review the con side and you find that many of the reasons are ego-centered, I'm going to encourage you to maybe offer the apology. So for example, if the reasons you're listing on the con side of why you don't want to offer the apology are things like you might look weak or she might feel like she has more power over you or this puts the ball in her court, things like that, then that's something to reflect on, right? Because if on the pro side, you can write things like, it'll give me a clear conscience or it'll make things less awkward between us, or I feel like it would be a gesture aligned with my values. And I know every situation's different, but if the pro side is looking really good to you and it looks like I have more long-term benefits in your life, if it's appropriate, I encourage you to make the move. And remember, we'll be measuring success, not by her reaction, but by the fact that you mustered up the courage to get it done. If this is something that you're struggling with or you want to talk through even further, come and send me a voice note over on Instagram at friendforward, or you can visit us anytime 24-7 at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.